As you all know, I am all about building generational wealth, especially for marginalized communities. Recently, I started dabbling in real estate investing and specifically short-term rentals, you know, Airbnb and Verbo. Well, I found it to not only be lucrative, but a great way to become financially independent. Earlier this year, I went to the short-term rental summit hosted by the Real Estate Robinsons to learn the do's and don'ts and best practices. I got to meet the hosts, Tony and Sarah, network with other investors, and learned a ton. Sarah was even a guest on the podcast, shameless plug. If you haven't listened to episode six, by the way, about women in real estate investing, you're missing out. Anyway, I'm going to their next summit in January 2023 in Orlando, Florida, And I know so many of you are itching to get involved in this space. Well, I'm excited to announce that I'm partnering with Sarah and Tony and Latina Advocate podcast listeners get 10% off their summer tickets. Yes, that's right. This is your sign to take the next step. You've got the hookup. So join me, the Real Estate Robinsons, lots of other savvy investors in the space, January 20th through 22nd in Orlando, Florida, for the next short-term rental summit. The link to register is in the show notes and in our Instagram bio. All you have to do is upon checkout, put in my name, Lola, that's L-O-L-A, as the coupon code, and you'll get 10% off. That's a $60 value, friends. The offer won't be around long, so jump on it. Can't wait to see you there. Every person I've ever met cares deeply about something, whether it be women's rights, access to the voting booth, the freedom to believe in a God or the universe, even their child's education. And oftentimes when advocating for these causes, people find themselves depleted, full stop. Is it possible for us to create the world of our ideals from a place of lack? Well, what if we flip the script? What if we can shift our focus from what we don't want to what we do want? What if we can create the world we want from a place of joy and love instead? Finding the nuance in this shift is a lifetime practice, and that is what this podcast is here to discuss and investigate. My name is Lola Sofia Bovell, and I am the host of the Latina Advocate Podcast. Today's episode features the brilliant, warm, and funny women behind JZD, the Latina empowerment brand behind the iconic Latina power shirts. Jen and Vero have built an extremely successful business that was recently featured at Target stores nationwide for Latinx Heritage Month, by the way. The married couple have created a life for themselves that brings together one, advocacy for Latinas, LGBTQ populations, and even mental health, two, a thriving business, and three, and my favorite, they have a ton of fun and create joy while doing it all. But it wasn't always easy and the path wasn't always clear. As you'll hear, they ate beans, or frijoles, you'll hear us mention in Spanish, and ramen noodles for years. But by giving themselves the permission to take the next right feeling step every day, they ultimately created an empire that feels good and empowers thousands. I hope you love their story as much as I enjoyed interviewing them. Take a listen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Latina Advocate Podcast. I am super excited today to be talking with Jane and Vero. I've been following them forever. I remember graduating from law school and seeing their shirts around like the Latina power shirts. And I actually did, funny for you all to hear, I did a little story on Instagram and I talked about like how I was gonna be interviewing you all. And I was like, who has bought their shirts? And it was like, some people were like, yeah, duh. Like, where have you been? And the other people were like, oh my God, where's the link? So anyways, Jen and Beto, they're powerhouses. They're amazing. They are literally embodying and doing the work that like I want to be doing and I want to bring to the world as a whole because they do advocacy. They obviously care about progressive causes, but they're also running a business and they make it fun. So without further ado, I would love for Jen and Vero, please introduce yourselves to the world. 
Yes. First of all, thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be chatting with you today. And for your listeners to learn a little bit more about us. So we're Jen and Vero. Yes. <laughs> you are Jen and I am Vero. Yes. And <laughs> together we run JZD, which is a Latina empowerment brand based out of Brownsville, Texas. So we are based in a border town. And actually, neither one of us has a background in business or anything even remotely close to business. I actually have a degree in psychology. I graduated back in 2014. And then I decided that wasn't really what I wanted to do with my life. And so I shifted and I quit my job and I started this brand. And that all. I joined in what, two years later? Two years. Two years later. Yeah, I had a full-time job with ProBar. I was working as a paralegal. I have a degree in legal justice studies. Like, when we started, I had yeah. no idea what we were doing or anything. So two years in, Jen was like, I need help. And I was going through some tough times mentally. Like, my mental health was really suffering from working in immigration. And Jen was like, you know what? We have to take care of you. And we are nowhere near ready to not have a steady paycheck, but let's do this together. Yes. I was reading your story online and I saw that like you guys were like on Robin Noodles, like figuring it out. Ever since the beginning, we got married kind of young. And ever since the beginning, we've always been comfortable with the struggle and we're not afraid of it. Right. And so this was one of those situations where we were like, okay, to me, the most important part is you being okay. And I'd rather you be happier than you be measurable and then we're like financially okay it's just gonna be a face we'll figure it out we figured it out before and so maintaining that priority has always been top of mind for us we're just not afraid to hustle and we're not we come from very humble beginnings so it's not like we were born with a silver spoon in our mouth we we know what it is to have to just eat picoles at home and it was they're no, good too and, put some cheese on that, them, they're know? real good and <laughs> right now i'm a very strong 32 year old because of all those because i ate when we got together we also i was in my last year to graduate so i still hadn't graduated college because i had taken some time off jen had already graduated but she was still working like a retail job it was that we got married in that time where we were trying to figure out like like where are <laughs> our big girl jobs what are we going to do with our life so we decided to merge our lives together and grow together and jay-z was born from that yeah, yeah. eight years later eight years later that's amazing yeah and it's interesting a lot of the people that i've interviewed so far i feel like a lot of us are going through similar things right where we're shifting and we're pivoting so I also worked in immigration law. We talked about this offline, but I'll just bring it up here. So it turns out Vero and I have a connection through Aisa. Shout out to Aisa. And she and I were both in the Immigrant Justice Clinic at the University of Wisconsin Law School. And actually, that's the first time I think I saw the Latina Power shirts that I fell in love with. But we were both in immigration. I think she's still in immigration to this day. It's a love to her. But when I left law school in Wisconsin, and mind you, I was from South Florida, so Wisconsin was very different for me. But... I went to Arizona to do immigration law in particular, and I worked for the Florence Immigrant and Refugee Rights Project. Amazing organization. I love it. But I was really struggling mentally, too. And just working day in and day out of the detention centers and just seeing so many people suffering and struggling and just the sheer lack of humanity that was felt towards folks in these detention centers and inherently prisons, right? So I think it's important. That's actually why I even started this podcast is like, how do we still advocate for these causes? How do we make sure we're amplifying the stories of people that need it, even though they have their voices, but they're just not getting out there, but still take care of ourselves. And so you all have done that very well. And so even in your shirts and your merchandise, a lot of it is very mental health focused. How do you think people take care or should think about taking care of their mental health when they're working on these really difficult causes? Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that I saw the job that I quit before I started this brand was I was working for a foster care agency and different area, yeah. similar problems yes. um, and I think in order for you to have one of those jobs I think you have to be prepared for your mental health to take to the suffer. Uh -huh. yeah because it's such an intense job 
And for every one child that you're able to help, there's 10 others that you're unable to. And you could be working 24-7 and you could be giving it your all every single day. And there's it's still not enough just because the systems are so broken. I definitely advocate for entrepreneurship. I try to convince everybody that I am able to speak to start their own business. Yes. Something that they love. I think that is the the difference. If it's something that you're truly passionate about and that you're determined to go through the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, then yes, I think you you should do it. But I definitely think that you have to be willing to sacrifice because entrepreneurship is hard. It's a lonely road. And I think that if you go down that road, then I think it becomes our responsibility to create something for other people to build with you. And that's something that we take very seriously of every person that we bring on. We don't want them to just be temporary people that share JZD with. We want them to build with us and give them those resources to create that relationship and in order for them to want to stay and build with you. And I think for us, at least, we always want our team members to feel like they are a part of JZD because essentially without them, we can't keep the business running because there's no way that Beto and I can do everything by ourselves. So making them a part of the brand so that they build with us. And so they're not just coming to work and then clocking out, but they're building this business as a part of theirs. And so I think either my advice is to start your own business if there's something that you're truly passionate about and that you're comfortable with dealing with everything that comes with that or work for a small business that you love and that you are willing to dedicate yourself to so that you can help them build because when you work for a small business, work life is completely different. You mm. don't have this like massive team. You don't have all of the annoying I, like you're corporate not, things. Yeah, you're not just the number. Yeah. You are a part of a family, business family. You're not just, uh, you know, how you have your ID numbers for a job and it's ID number 13456. Yeah. Well, here it's, I have Santi and I have Luke and I have Liz. Like I know every single one of them. And every day that I see them, it's, I want to know how their weekend was. I want to know how they are. Are they okay mentally? Do they need a break? That's what Jen and I set out to do with having our own business because as young women, when we started, we knew what it was to have a corporate sucky job yeah. and having a manager that did not care about you yeah. when you showed up and your eyes were swollen because the night before you were crying or something. They didn't care. They just wanted you to show up and get your job done. Here, it's that's not the case. Yeah, I definitely think that in this in these times, mental health is being talked about more, which is amazing. I feel like even 10 years ago, it wasn't the norm to talk about your feelings. It wasn't the norm about being saying that you're sad or that you cried last night or that you're really struggling and that you needed a day for your mental health. Like that 10 years ago, that I don't think that was a thing. At least it wasn't in my circles. And it's so important. We both feel super grateful that it's more normalized to be able to say, hey, I'm, I suffer from anxiety and depression and I have to take my medication. And, and it's very important to have those conversations so that other people that think it's not the norm for them to feel comfortable and for them to be able to take the steps that they need to take in order to be their best self. So important. And that's wonderful. And we need more small businesses like yours also that, because not everyone's going to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone's going to start their own business. But when you have that culture where you're really caring and checking in, that's just so important for folks and their mental health. So Jen, I'd like to dive in a little bit deeper with you in particular in terms of what was like the true catalyst of what got you from quitting your job to starting this brand? Like what, and maybe if you could walk us through a little bit of the emotional journey of deciding to do that, because I'm sure as as confident and as I'm sure you were in terms of the vision, because you wouldn't be as successful as you are if you didn't have the vision at the outset. 
But at the same time, that's scary. Take that leap. Do you mind just walking us through that a little bit? Yeah, I think that the first thing I have to say is that I was very young and that helped me because I was fearless in a way. I don't know that I would take the same actions if I were to have to do it now that I'm 30. I would be afraid. Interesting. at that age, I was just very much in the mindset of what do I have to lose? If it doesn't work out, I'm only... 20, how old was I? 23? You're 20, 20, we got married at 22. We're 22. Yeah. So I was like, I'm only 22. If it doesn't work out, I'll just figure something else out. I'm so young. I don't have that many responsibilities. And we were living in a small one bedroom apartment. And I just didn't really feel like I had a lot to lose. And mm-hmm. I was I just like, back on. yeah. And I had my degree. I had already graduated from college. And so I was like, if all fails, which it cannot, because I do not want to go back to working out in the field. And I have these conversations with myself. (laughs) If it doesn't work out, but it has to work out. But it has to. But it has to. I was like, but if it doesn't work out, I have a degree. I'll just go out and find a job again. But I definitely did not give myself the opportunity for it to not work out. I was invested ever since the beginning. Like I did everything. I joined every single Facebook group that I could find and I was self-promoting in every single Facebook group. I made cheap stickers and I was like dropping them off everywhere and putting them on cars. And I called it my scrappy project. That's what I called it. I was like, very minimal. We have $50 to invest. How do we get the word out? I would post on Instagram and tag every single publication I could think of so that they could write on me or reshare me on Instagram. I would be on Twitter religiously, like tweeting at celebrities, telling them to wear my product. Yes. I was like, <laughs> I was. She was hustling. Like, as yeah. As yeah. Up, and that was like the first thing I would do, like self-promote everywhere. When you start a business, you're essentially talking to yourself because you don't, have a following yet you don't have customers yet like you have but you have to talk to these like invisible customers in order for them to become customers and so I got really good at that and eventually I started gaining following and I started getting orders from all of my Facebook groups that I was like self-promoting in I I got kicked out of I don't know how many Facebooks I'm not not and I was like, I'm gonna promote myself for an hour, and then they'll kick me out. But in that hour, I already promoted. I already promoted myself. I don't encourage you to break rules, but it worked. And so that's funny. I definitely, when I quit my job, I remember going into the office and I told my supervisor, and I was like, I'm quitting. I'm not. I'm done. Like I'm, bye. And she asked me like, What's your plan? And I didn't have what I said. I. I don't know. And she asked me, like, what do you mean? What are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know, but I know that I'm not going to figure it out while I'm here. And then I started the brand. And it just so happened that when I started the brand, it was around the 2016 elections. And Uh I, Veto was working in immigration already. Yeah. And I was seeing how it was taking such a toll on her and all of her co-workers and they were all stressed and they were all crying and they were all afraid and then I had all of these I always say this but I don't know if they were rational or rational fears but I was genuinely afraid for so many people yeah I was afraid of what was going to happen of how it was going to happen like everything and so I created the Latina Power Shirt And when I created the Latina Power Shirt, I don't think that I created it, or I know I did not create it with the intention of selling the amount of Latina Power Shirts that we've sold to this day. I created it because I was on this journey to feel comfortable in my own skin and to feel, to find my voice, to be able to help people and also be a support system for her at her job. And I made them, I made 12, one for me, one for Beto, one for my mom. 
And then I listed the rest of them on Etsy. At this point, we didn't even have a website. So I was on Etsy. And then they started to sell. And I had a moment where I was like, I've sold more of this shirt than I was expecting. And then the conversation started to happen. And Etsy has this feature where the customer can send you a message. And so I started getting customer messages and being like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for creating this shirt. Or, oh my gosh, can you include a gift note because I'm sending this to my sister? And so it was the first time that people really started to talk back to me because I had been talking on socials and on the internet, but nobody was really talking back to me. Yeah. And it was the first time where I was able to connect with our audience and to be able to share this experience and these feelings and these emotions. And it was then that I felt like I could do something and I could use this tiny platform for good. And I told her, I was like, I think we need to be a Latina empowerment brand. And she was like, okay, not really knowing exactly what I meant. I I didn't know what she, I did not know what she meant. I was not aware because I was so in, in what was happening. I was worried about losing our job, losing the job, losing our home. She didn't have her job anymore. She was running the business, was still taking money from our little paycheck that we were getting. Yeah. So I saw that there was these issues going on but i had all these other issues in my head yeah i was like okay like i think that i said okay and then you were also so worried about the children yeah that you were like the cases that you were working on because they were constantly changing how to work how to do your job literally when this was happening. You turn 18 years old and you get put in jail because mm-hmm. that's what it is. That's, we'll call it what it is. So I had a couple, I remember having like maybe six cases where my kids, within the time that, that Trump was saying he was going to run for president or he was, it was looking like he was going to win. Yeah. To the time that he was being elected, we're going to turn 18. Yeah. And I was like, I need to get you out now mind you it doesn't sound like a lot of kids six kids but it's a lot because it's a whole case that you have to work through you have to figure out what you know what's going on whatever and reunite them with family members here before they go and pick them up from the shelter and put them in jail or deport them or god knows what they were going to do to them so in that moment that's what i was worried about And she comes and she tells me this. And I've always just trusted Jen blindly. She has never steered me wrong ever. So I was like, okay, babe, I think I might have even told her, like, I don't have the capacity in my brain Mm -hmm. to know exactly what it is that you want to do, but I support you. Let's do it. Yeah. And from that point, I took a minute to figure out and have a clear vision of what it is that I wanted to do. And that is really when I actually had clarity on what I was building. And then I pushed forward full force. And I did that 24-7 until we started to grow and until, and we bootstrapped the entire way. Yeah. So you would take the money, put it right back into the business. You would sell, you would take that, put it right back to restock. And then eventually you had more money to add another product and then another product. Mm-hmm. and At the beginning, I was testing it out. I would launch products in Spanish and a product in English to see which one performed better and then realize, okay, who is our audience and what are they actually wanting to purchase? What messagings are they wanting? Every time, I mean, to this day, if I put out an item in English, it doesn't perform as well as if I do something in Spanish or in Spanglish or something that is dedicated to empower our community. I did my little testing and I researched and I tried a lot of different things and then I really realized what worked and then I just put all of my energy into it but when I first started I actually didn't have a clear vision and I wish that I did I think maybe we would be farther in our business but I didn't and I was very young and I knew that I wanted to have my own business 
I didn't necessarily know how to build because I'd never done it before. And I had no experience and I had no background in it. And I also hadn't figured out what it was that I loved doing and what my purpose was and what drived me. And once I found that, once I figured out, like, I want to empower our community. I want to feel proud of everything that my family did to get me to where I'm at, of everything that generations have done and our ancestors. And once I was able to really connect with that, I realized other people want to do the same thing and I'm going to help them. And we, in our society, I think a lot of us go through these stages in our life where you don't always feel proud of your Latinidad. And sometimes you want to erase it. And I know when I went, mine was like a hill up and down. Because when I moved here, I was born in Mexico. When I moved here, I went into first grade. I was seven years old when I started school here. I didn't speak any English. I didn't like the United States. Like I didn't want to be here. Yeah. And I went into first grade and I am not exaggerating when I say I cried every single day of first grade. I did not want to be in school. And we lived in, at first we were living with my aunt and then we lived in an apartment that was on the second floor. It was one bedroom apartment. And I would run out and I would go down the stairs screaming that I was going to go back and live with my grandma. <laughs> in Mexico because I didn't want to be here. I wanted to be back home and I wanted to speak Spanish and I wanted to walk to La Tiendita. I didn't want to live the life that you had to live here. And then by the time I got to like middle school, high school, I didn't want to go back to Mexico and I didn't want to speak Spanish. I was like, my friends don't do that. Like, why am I going to speak Spanish and why do I have to go to Mexico on the weekend instead of going to the mall with my friends here and so I went through this other stage where I it was the opposite now and I didn't want to be here and I didn't want to be asked why is your last name Serrano and I didn't want to be asked like why do you have an accent even though I didn't think that I had an accent all of those things are like why doesn't your mom speak English I didn't want to have to deal with that so I wanted to erase that side and then it happened again when I was in my early adult life that I was like so proud of everything that made me who I was. And I yeah. started to realize that I was who I was because of my Latinidad and how I was raised and my Mexican parents and all of those things shaped me to be who I was. And so I wanted to help others that were on that journey. And I think there's a lot of people even in our adult life that are still in that journey. And then better joined full time. And so we added talking about mental health because that's something that she battles with. And we're together all the time. It's something that we both go through. Yeah, we took it upon ourselves. So Janice, oh, she has a psychology degree, right? So she's my little built-in therapist oh boy at all times so whenever i talk to her about what i even before having the pro bar job whatever i've always had mental health issues and anxiety and depression and and she's helped me a lot through it because okay. she will always tell me you know what you need to cry it out now but after we're done crying we got to move on we got to keep on going because life keeps on going yeah. And her little motivations, because there's days when you have, like, when depression hits you really hard, like, you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. Don't want to get out of bed. So she would be very kind and very understanding. And she would say little things here and there. And I was like, I can't be the only one that feels this way. I can't be the only one that has to cry it out today. But tomorrow we got to keep on going and I'm going to keep on shining. So that's where all these little things came from. And she would always tell me, because before I used to just keep it all in. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to have to talk about my feelings because all I do is cry when I start talking about my feelings. So I'd be like, why do I have to talk about my feelings? <laughs> so then she'd be like, you got to feel your feelings. So that's how feel your feelings happen. Like it just, we vibe off of each other. We're like little ping pong balls. I say something, she says something. And then I'm like, oh, like that would be really good. I'm pretty sure somebody else feels the same way that we feel right now. So that's really how that's been working out. Well, there's so many amazing things that you all have said. And I'm, I'm like thinking how I want to respond to it. It's 15 things right now. <laughs> and I can't even remember half of them. But one thing I will say that's great. We all need to talk more. So 
back in 2016, I'll just share an experience that I had. So I was literally, I was working at the detention center. So essentially those jails slash prisons that the folks that were turning 18, they would be sent to. And mind you, the Florence project where I worked, we had an adult, we still do, but we had an adult division and we had a children's division. So we would oftentimes, us in adult world, it was just, it was the shit of the shit. So like we, we were dealing with worst case scenarios. We were dealing, so we were almost used to like terrible trauma. So like the children's team, even though obviously that was trauma too, they were always like, just don't get them to the, don't let them get to the detention centers, like the regular detention centers. And for us, it was just like, welcome to the shit show. So I'm sure anyone that's listening, that's worked on the children's team will also empathize with this. But I remember anyways, when I was in 2016, and I remember the day that it was announced that Trump had won the election, because normally whenever we would go to the detention centers to provide our legal orientation program, our presentations, I would have a legal assistant with me and we would do the presentations together, the know your rights presentations in the detention centers. And I remember like the legal assistant that day, I don't know what happened, but she was out because she had some like previously arranged day off. And so it was me by myself. And, it, and I literally had to go in there. And I remember sitting in my car crying because I was like, I don't want to go in here. This is, there's so much trauma everywhere. But I was like, I am it. Like I am literally the only person that these people have. So I need to walk my behind in there and figure it out. And I remember going in there and I look shit. I look terrible. I've been crying. My eyes are puffy, all of that stuff. And I remember, so the people that work typically at these detention centers and these prisons, it's like quintessential, like rural white male Republican, right? And so they looked at me, they were all in a great mood, having a great day. And they looked at me, they were like, God damn, what happened? I could see it was all over their faces. But I was like, I got to make it happen. And I remember it just, I literally, I had to pull that from like the depths of my being to really show up. And yes, I think we need to not only make sure that we're serving people, I think we also need to make sure that we're serving ourselves as advocates and we're taking care of ourselves. That is so important. I'm really grateful that you all talk about mental health the way you do. Something that I wanted to say, Jen, to you as well that I was thinking about, you may have been 23, you may have been young, you may not have had the full vision yet or all of these things you didn't have the responsibilities of like children or lots of family or whatever but it is still extremely courageous and I think I just want to applaud you and still give you kudos because that's still like really freaking scary to do to take that leap so I just kind of wanted to put that out there as well thank you so much I think about it now that I'm 30 and I'm like sometimes I literally will sit with myself and I'm like what was I think I was a little bit like unhinged I was like you just I had a good job and everything and I was like what it was it was insane and I think I wouldn't have been able to do it without having that support be able to do it and Beto she literally was like we'll be fine if you have this thing that you want to try I will support you and I have my job, so we will be fine. We'll figure it out. We've been here before. I didn't have a job for a while and you had a job and we made it work. So it'll be the same thing now. We're switching roles. And it was such a fun and scary time at the same time because I was having so much fun trying to find my purpose. And I was also scared that I was never going to find it. We'll be right back after this brief message. All right, so a lot of you know I'm passionate about women and mamas knowing their rights, especially at work. We envelop so much of our identities in our career, and unfortunately, the sentiment isn't always reciprocated by our employers. That's why I'm so excited to announce that I'm partnering with Daphne Delbo, also known as the Mom Attorney, so that you can become your own lawyer and confidently advocate for your rights at work. Right now, Latina Advocate podcast listeners exclusively get 10% off when joining the Mom Attorney Academy. All you have to do is go to the link in this episode's show notes and upon checkout, put in coupon code LATINAPOD10. That's L-A-T-I-N-A-P-O-D-1-0. Learn to advocate for yourself in a way that is well-received and protected. Address concerns without fear of losing your job. Heal your body, take care of your mental health, and get paid your worth. Join the Mom Attorney Academy today so that you can strategically advocate for yourself. 
Just click the link in our show notes or in our Instagram bio. And upon checkout, put in coupon code LatinaPod10. Yeah, honestly, Jen is my role model. Because, like you said, it takes courage for you to just drop everything. She did everything right. She was a student in high school. She did what she had to. She got to college graduated college and the time that she was supposed to graduate college, a great daughter, everything was right. And she got herself a good professional job. But in her heart, she knew she wasn't happy. Yeah. So she did what she had to do. Nope. Not a lot of people do that. No, not a lot of like, you know what? I've done everything right for X amount of years. This isn't really what I like. And I'm going to go ahead and pursue my happiness. No, that that's unheard of. You don't really hear people say that. So for her to have done that at such a young age, at such a young age, she already knew this is not what I want with, for my life. What I want for my life is happiness and I'm going to pursue it and I'm going to find it. And that's exactly what she did. So it's just... Ever since I was little, I've had this mindset and I think it comes from like my dad, but I don't like to not be happy. And if I'm not happy, I like to be calm and feel... Like you're obviously not always a happy human, but even when you're not in that state of happiness, I feel like we should aim to be calm and at peace. And when I don't have either of those things, I'm like, I have to change something. And I know that it's easier said than done. And there's a lot of circumstances that sometimes don't allow you to make those decisions. But if possible, I think sometimes the sacrifices are worth it. For us, it was eating Maruchan for a couple of years and <laughs> living in a tiny apartment and not eating out or like doing anything. But you know what? Quote unquote. That, I know that a lot of people are like, damn, they didn't have money to eat or they didn't have. Yeah. But I swear to you, I had I'm the so most happy. fun. <laughs> Yeah, you were so happy. We're obviously very happy now as well. But I think back to then and. Our struggles, newlyweds, my last year of college, her just recently graduated. And all these struggles, I wouldn't have wanted to struggle the way that we struggled with anybody else. Because they're so cute. I remember sitting down and we had this tiny little Ikea desk against the wall. And I would sit her down on Saturday because she worked Monday through Friday. And I'd be like, this is the bullet points. This is how I want to make an impact. These are the topics that I think we need to talk about because nobody is talking about them and they're so important to talk about. And I was like, this is what I think you should talk about. But she had a full-time job. So she was only helping me Saturday and Sunday. And even then, like she needed to rest. So she wasn't there all the time. Yeah. And so then when she left her job, I was like, okay, you're, you're behind two years. This is everything you need to learn. And this is what you're going to help me with. And then as you've seen on social media, Beto is a little ball of fire. Oh, right? she loves it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she's funny and she has all of these great layers that she added to the business. And I was yeah. like, you're going to take care of this. And you're, the people are going to love you on socials. And you're going to talk about your mental health struggles. And you're going to make a difference and it is going to help your mental health because I can guarantee you that people are going to talk back to you about their struggles and you're going to be able to help them because you've experienced all of these things. And sure enough, I was like, and her main like responsibilities, she went full force and she had to learn a lot because she wasn't fully invested in it. Like I had been for two right. years. So right. I was like, you got to catch up on all these things and you have to learn how to do this and this. And I told her, like, I'm really good at these things. I think you would be really good at these things. So I'm going to give them to you for a month. And then you tell me what you think. And that's what we did. And she was like, okay, boss, I have to. She has to be the strictest <laughs> boss I've ever had. Oh, my what goodness. I see it. I can yeah. totally see it. Yeah. 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 Oh. She was like, here, this is what you have to do. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know I already had a list of things to do. Now it's not duty, responsibility. Yes. And I'm going to give you a month and then we'll check in and see how you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, if we don't make enough money to cover what we need for living, like one of us is not going to have to go out and get a job. I know. She would threaten me with that. And I'd be like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. 
So I was like, okay, I'm going to post. I'm going to post. I'll do what you tell me to do. Like, she so what? The formula. She had it. Like she had big, she has laid down the, the concrete of this yeah. building that we were about to embark on building together. And the foundation was down. Something I, I want to say about that real quick, Jen, is that you said that you did not have the vision for the business at first, right? So one thing that I find really inspiring about that is you gave yourself permission to figure it out. You were like, I know that I'm on the right path, right? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. But like, but Beto was saying right now too, though, is true where it's like, you may not have known exactly, but as you were, you were building the plane as you were flying it, like you had that vision, you kept on following the next step and then the next step and then the next step. So I feel like that's really inspiring and motivating for people to hear because you guys have a very successful brand now, but you don't have to have it all figured out at the beginning. Oh, and yes. so that's one of the beautiful things that you just talked about too. And I also want to say that I feel like you all have magic. Like it's clear that the energy you are putting into this business is clear energy. Because at the end of the day, and this is something that I'm working on now and I'm learning about in terms of the law of attraction, right? It's very much about if you are coming into something with purity and you just want to give, the energy is going to come right back. And that's essentially what's happened with you all. So anyways, I wanted to make sure that came out because I feel like a lot of times we're scared to move forward. It's like yeah. blind on faith when we don't have the whole, whole vision yeah. set up yet. And it's okay. Then take the next yeah. 1000%. I always say this and I'm like, because ever since I was little, like when I was younger and I wanted to start my own business, but I didn't have the clarity, even before I quit my job, like I'm talking when I was in college, like before JZD, I tried having a cupcake business and then I tried being a blogger. And I was like on this journey to try to find myself and what it is that I want to do with my life. And I would always say, I'm just trying to live a life worth writing about. And then ever since I was chiquita, it was like my little, my own little mantra to myself. And then when I quit my job and I really put all of my energy into figuring out what it was, because before this, like I was trying to have my cup cupcake business and I was trying to be a blogger and I was trying to do all these things, but I still had a full-time job and I was still going to school at the same time. I actually had two jobs in college and full-time college and trying to figure out what I was doing. And then when it got to the point where I was like giving myself the permission, like you said, to figure out what it is that I wanted to do, yeah. I knew that I had to keep moving forward. And my mantra changed a little bit. And I was, I constantly kept telling myself, you're going to figure it out. Like you're moving forward. So you're going to figure it out while writing and living this life that you want to live that's about feeling great and leaving an impact and making a difference somehow. And so I just trusted and I was like, it's, I'm going to figure it out. It's going to come to me. Like at some point, if I keep going down this path, it's going to appear and I'm going to figure it out. And that's, I, in a way, accidentally figured it out. And it, from this, it came from a lot of fear and it came from a lot of emotions and this like emotion turmoil that was like happening in, in my body where I was like wanting to be supportive and wanting to help and wanting to feel all of these things and that's how it was born so yes I always say there's no point in waiting for the perfect moment you have to make the perfect moment and if you want the perfect moment to be today then start working and make it be today because yeah. it's it's not just going to happen you have to be working towards it and you can make the perfect moment at any moment it's you just have to set your mind to it and put your energy into it and it will happen. And it takes a lot of work. If you're walking down the path, it will be what you want it to be. You don't have to have it all figured out. I didn't have it all figured out. Beto didn't have it all figured out. Not at all. But eventually you figure it out. And I think that as long as you start moving and you start working towards something, you'll be able to build something. Yep, definitely. You all touched on this too. but just to take a step back. How do you all make it work in terms of being life partners and then also being business partners? I've had lots of conversations with people where some folks like they do so well working together and spending almost like every living waking moment with their partners. And then there are other people that are like, I can't do that. I would kill them, et cetera. <laughs> and so you talked a little bit about what it was like maybe at the beginning, but I'm just wondering, and you all have been super real and honest in this conversation, which I really appreciate. 
tell us a little bit about how it's worked, the good, the bad, the ugly, and what you would recommend to other couples that are looking into maybe going into business together. Yeah, it's, we were best friends. Talk about me. For, <laughs> we were best friends for what, five, six years? I met her when she was turning 18. Was Literally sweet. met her on her birthday, on her 18th. And we I were, just like her at first. No, she's not my Okay, yeah, I, 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 I did not. I was such a straight edge kid, and I was like, "You are gonna be a bad influence on me. I don't want to talk to you." Yep. I literally was like, "No." Yep. This is we so used to funny. work together. By the we way, we used to work together at the bookstore university. But yeah, we used to work together there, and that's where we met. She did not like me. They finally they put us in a shift together, and she wouldn't talk to me. And at the bookstore, you used to have a shift with just one one person, and that was that. So we had our whole four-hour four shift and she just didn't want to talk to me. And I and in my head, I was like, everybody likes me. What like do you mean? Yeah, I was like, what do you mean you don't want to be my friend? I don't understand. And I was like, no. And then somehow we bonded because at the time, we both had not come out. Yeah. We were both actually in committed relationships with men. And we bonded over the fact that we were dating guys with the same name. That's so funny. Have you connected with those two guys after the fact? No. Yeah, they sure were aware. But yeah, so we so bonded. We were best friends, we were for, best friends a for a couple of years from 18, let's see, 19, 20, 21, 22, four years. Four years. We were best friends for four years. And then we got married. And then we had, first of all, we had already been working together not in the same capacity of course because we were working a retail job but regardless we were used to working together being a team and then when she quit her job to join jzd i genuinely was like these will be your responsibilities i already know how to do them but these are yours now and then i taught her my responsibilities and i was like these are mine but i still need you to know them and so then we had this mindset where we were like, we have to know everything, but you need to become an expert at it in these things. And I need to become an expert at these things. And we'll respect the fact that you're an expert at that and I'm an expert at this, but we still have a general idea of how to run every part of the business. And as we kept growing, we had said that like standard I, it, yeah it was so like, we just maintained it because even now we have the shop so we have the physical shop location and then we have the warehouse and so now Vero is in a way in charge of the warehouse and I know everything that happens over there but it's her responsibility to make sure that is running smoothly and then I have the shop and she knows everything about the shop, but it's my responsibility to make sure that everything runs smoothly here. And so we've divided it to where we each have these things that we're stronger at, but we still know everything. And so that I think has allowed us to really respect ourselves within the workspace and, and really rely on each other so that we run this business to the best that we possibly can. I feel like we both have our strengths. Yeah. I like to work with my hands. She is a genius. So <laughs> I, I work on the computer. She <laughs> works on the computer. She does all the, she, it just, we compliment each other so well. Like she does the things that I find boring and I do the things that she finds boring. Yeah, that's really true. how it works. I like to work with my hands. So I taught myself how to screen print. That's how we started. I was the one that was screen printing and now Fortunately enough, we have two boys that are taking care of the screen printing, but I know how to do that. So the moment that they do something wrong, I'm like, no, this is how we're supposed to do it. Yeah. Same goes with like social media, emails, talking to the customers and all that. She knows exactly how to do that. So the moment that one of our employees is not doing something right, you know, she's able to go in and be like, this is how you're supposed to do it because we've both done everything. So that's why I feel like we respect each other's boundaries very much. Yeah, I love being with her all day. It, I mean, it, it, there's no. We really have so much fun. We really do. We really. I know it's annoying, but we have so much fun together. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I just say that we don't. Fight. We annoy other people. Yes, we do it's annoy other people. people. But I'm just like, why would you want to be anything but happy? Mm -hmm. If you work on the business all day long, and we're gonna be here from ten in the morning to seven thirty p.m., we might as well have fun. Yep. And honestly, building JZD is so much fun because 
one, our social media community, our fam fam, like they are so much fun. And they have conversations with us and they'll tell us about their day and they'll share similar situations that they're going through. And it's just so much fun to connect with them. And then our team is so fun. Like everybody that works here has so much fun. And whether it's at the warehouse, like at the warehouse, we have Sandy, who really, he's a prankster. Like he's always playing pranks on you and he'll hide and he'll scare you. And my parents work with us. So like Sandy, who is much younger, will scare my mom. Oh, and then they're like laughing for 10 minutes straight. And then you just hear like this scream. And so everybody runs. What happened? And it's just Santi scared my mom or Santi and Liz. It's mom and son. They both work with us. And so Santi will scare his mom, Liz. And so you just hear Liz start screaming and you already know Santi scared her. And then at the shop, Kat is she is a mini battle and a mini gen and a mini gen all at once. If we could have had a kid, it would be Kat. It'd be Kat. Like he has all of the energy that Beto has and she's a low spunk. And then she has all of my anxiety. Yes. And all of my everything needs to be perfect. And all of the me type A with all of Beto's like craziness. Craziness. It's just so much fun. I think overall, we always make we always like having fun and we make that a priority. So good and so important. So I know we're getting close on time. I do want to ask you at least one more substantive question. So you all are a lesbian couple, very out, very proud. And I know the Latina culture, Latinx culture is very mixed. And we're definitely not a monolith in terms of where we come from, in terms of politics and our ideals. And so there are some folks in Latinx population, especially now too, like South Texas, I've been hearing is getting, there's lots of like strong conservative women, which I'm like, why? But anyways, so I'm just wondering as an out and proud couple yourselves, what have been your experiences with the community? It seems like you get lots of love and support, which to me is what makes sense. But I know that again, it's a very mixed bag in terms of our community. Yeah. I mean, we're very lucky that our community has been so supportive and it has been incredible to see and it's heartwarming and it's beautiful to see how they have been so supportive. And ever since the beginning, we have been super open because why should we hide that? And Beto is very, I'll let you say. I come from a family that does not accept me for who I am. The only person that accepts me is my brother. And I had to hide who I truly was for a very long time. I guess you could say I'm a late bloomer. But I wasn't a late bloomer because I didn't know who I was. It was because I was so scared. Yeah. I officially did not come out until I married her. So people on Facebook all of a sudden saw me married to a woman. They're like, oh, crap, Beto's gay. But it wasn't something that I was like, hey, I'm lesbian or whatever, because I was so terrified of what was going to happen with my family. From a very young age, I was told, I'm pretty sure it's, I don't know, I hate to say that it's the norm, but my parents would say, don't grow up and be gay because you're not going to do anything with your life. You're not going to have a family. You're not going to have an education. You're not... I don't know what being gay, getting an education has to do, but in their closed minds, that's what makes sense. You're not going to have a career. You're going to suffer. And this was put in my brain since a very young age. You get to an age where you're like, hey, am I gay? And I would always tell myself, nope, nope, you can't be. It was no, it was never, no, you're not. It was, you can't be. Yeah. So for such a long time, I had to hide who I truly was. So when I finally decided to marry Jen, when I moved in with Jen, it was because I was kicked out of my house, essentially, because they figured out that I was gay and I had nowhere to go. So I promised myself, you, I had to be hiding who I was for 23 years. I was like, not a day more. I can't do it anymore. I can't hide who I am. I can't hide who I love. It's just... It's who I'm going to be. And it's what brings me happiness. And I rubbed off on her. Yeah. <laughs> and then from then on out, I was like, I can no longer not 
express it and show it. And it's really hard for me to hide it. Like I fully embraced it. And then now it's turned into a thing of, if you're not going to support me, I don't need you in my life. For such a long long time, I could not, I had to hear such ugly things be said about being gay and all this that I just can't, in my heart, I can't do it. It's not Mm -hmm. being true to me. It's not making me happy. So if you're not bringing me happiness and if you're not going to accept me and for who I am, then I don't need you. And that's how we've lived our life from then on out. No, that's how like, you run the business too, it seems. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's just what it is. It's not, it's not just like a part of it. It's who we are. There's yeah. no way to just put that part away. It's who you are all the time and it doesn't change and it doesn't fluctuate. It just is. And definitely the majority of our, the people that we come across are supportive, but the internet is a, scary ruthless place as a business you work towards creating this this content and you're always putting out content because the more people know about your brand the more you can spread your message and the more people you reach that's what you want with growing your audience and going viral and reaching eyes that don't know the whole story and that haven't followed you for six years and don't know everything that it took to get to where you're at there's definitely comments and dms of not such nice things or even just like harmless quote-unquote harmless things that people say why do you have to make that a part of your business like microaggressions yeah yeah like why do you have to say you're queer owned or even things like i don't care that you're two lesbians i just care about the product you're making you're missing the point if that's not what you care about yeah like it's a part of the brand it's a part of the business because it's Who's making your product? But we choose to focus our energy on the other 99% of people that is supportive and encouraging. And we focus our energy on those people that it's reaching, that it's making an impact for. Of We created the Being Gay and the Being Supportive t-shirt. And we had so many DMs of, and mostly DS, that were buying the Being Supportive because their niece or nephew Oh, that's so beautiful. And what you all are creating. Yeah. The Diaz were like, my sister is not okay Mm -hmm. with my nephew because he's gay, but I am buying the Bien Supportive shirt because I want him to know that he can come to me. And those conversations and those things are why we do what we do. And so all of that kind of just blurs out everything else. And we don't even, we We, pay no attention. We pay no attention to it. There's just no point. And like, I said if it's if you're not going to support us and what we're standing for then there's all this other internet out there that you can be at you don't have to be on my side oh that's really how we feel about it and for the record we're not sisters we're married just letting have you all watched rent have you seen the either the broadway musical or the oh my god watch rent it's so good but like at one point one of the songs let me go in they're like sister we're close and like it's so it's just literally what you just said <laughs> the amount of people that that when they find out they're like what i thought you all were sisters and we're like we don't even know like what are yeah. you talking about you all are trailblazers like 120 percent. and i'm trying to think of who has broken through like a lesbian couple or like being a lesbian latina like i feel like that is a space that hasn't really been occupied at least not very much super kudos you are are breaking glass ceilings and making moves and making it a safe space and making it just safe as a whole to be who you are. I love you guys so much. I know we just met today, but I do and I'm so supportive. I literally have on my on my wall over here, Confía en la magia dentro de ti. I've had that up there on my wall for years. Just something about the way you all, the energy you put into even your packaging, like people can feel it when they open it. Just really proud of you all and just happy to now know you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so much for having us and for keeping our little reminders. We put so much energy into what it feels like when you open your package. And so I'm happy to hear that. It, and I'm happy that it stayed with you. Yeah, it's been there for years. I would love for you to share where can people find you and buy your amazing merch? Yes, you can find us at Shop JZD. That's shop and then j as in jack z as in new d as in door and then our website is the same shopjcd.com so pretty much at shopjcd anywhere 
all social medias. Yep. Okay. And great. And so everyone, not only follow them, but follow them also, not only for their merchandise, but to just see Vettel's crazy antics because it's just really funny. <laughs> it's and a good it's time. Today. Yeah. It's yeah. a good time. <laughs> all right. Thank you both so much for being on and thank you for listening. Much love. Thank you for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. As many of you know, I'm technically an attorney and forever advocate that does speaking engagements and coaching when not podcasting and being a mama to my amazing daughters. Nothing in my podcasts, however, is ever to be construed as legal advice. These are for educational and enjoyment purposes only. Anywho, if you'd like to follow me in real time or get access to my free five must-have secrets for public speaking, follow me on Instagram at the Latina Advocate Podcast. That's the at symbol, then the Latina Advocate Podcast, no spaces in between. Thanks and have a great day. See you next time.